Good morning, family. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Armor. I'm your co-host, Big Brother Boone, and I'm joined by my podcast partners. This is Joe. Russ. What's going on, fellas? Hanging, brother. What's up, my brother? What's up, my brother? How are you this morning? All right, morning? all right. Let's, let's get right okay. into it. <clears throat> We're going to do part two of our uh, series entitled, How Much Is Your Health Worth? Yep. We've got a special guest who's just dying to drop some nuggets and knowledge on us. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Love all it. Right, all right. All right. Our guest today is Brother Jonathan Tate. He's a DC firefighter slash EMT and founder of Food on the Stove. Jonathan Tate began his service as a DC firefighter slash EMT in 2012. He is currently assigned to Truck 6, Platoon 4. Tate founded Food on the Stove in July of 2017 to provide tools and resources to help firefighters live a healthier lifestyle through enhanced nutrition and exercise. Jonathan was born and raised in Washington, D.C. That makes him in good company. He is the husband of Precious and father to his daughter, Genesis, and son, Judah. He is a second-generation firefighter. His father, the late James Tate Sr., became a D.C. firefighter in 1956 and was assigned to Truck Company 6, where Jonathan serves today. His father retired at the rank of deputy fire chief and nine years later passed away from cancer after having multiple heart attacks. The death of his father would later birth a vision and ushered him into his calling, food on the stove. Let's give a warm ITA welcome to Jonathan Tate. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Welcome, hey, sir. Hey, what's up, Jonathan you. Tate? Thank you for having me on Inside the Armor. Happy to be with you all today. Appreciate Looking it. forward to the Thanks. discussion. Definitely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, John. Thank you. So um, I know we have... Uh, you and I uh, have a little bit of history, you know, being uh, uh, DC firefighters. And I was really excited to watch you actually come on the department and then actually see you grow in the department. But this is a whole nother level right here, brother. Indeed. So I'm excited Indeed. to uh, hear about your journey and, um, and where this is going to lead. So if you, you know, your bio said some of uh, who you are, but Give us a little background on um, Jonathan Tate. First man of God. Um, that's, that's always number one. Um, two, uh, husband to my, uh, to my wife, Precious, who has been amazing. Um, father to Genesis and Judah, who are seven and two years old. And um, native Washingtonian, uh, DC firefighter, recently took a leave of absence to um, do what God has called me to do in food on the stove. Uh, 39 years old, be 40 in, in July. Looking forward to that. Still feeling great. So trying to keep myself in some good shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just, man, just blessed, man. Blessed to be here and tell about what God is doing in my life through food on the stove. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I could tell you um, the transition from 30s to 40s and 40s to 50s. <laughs> As all of us on this uh, podcast can tell hey, you, hey. On, um, you know, having having a, a lifestyle, a healthier lifestyle is important. Yes, it is. You make those transitions. So uh, yeah. you are, you're definitely on the right track. Absolutely. I appreciate I, I, the fact that he's a, uh, a native Washingtonian. Yeah. North how about East, that? Four or five. And Northeast. Okay. All right. Southeast here. Southeast okay. here. I live in, I live in Southwest. Southwest. All right. All right. And what we say is, DC born, DC bred, and when I'll die, I'll be DC dead. <laughs> I, that. I like that. I like that. That's real. Yeah, yeah man. Florida, resident, grew up in War Five, uh, but uh, yeah, that was one of the things that was non-negotiable when I got married. I wanted to stay in the city as it was changing, but now my wife is uh, pushing me out. Uh, she's looking forward to probably going to the suburbs somewhere, probably Virginia. So we'll see how that how that goes. But yeah, happy right. to blessed to be still in the city I grew up in and serve the citizens and the residents here and the firefighters, of course. Yeah, of course, Excellent. of course. Uh, that's great. I'm, I'm curious, um, uh, Jonathan, on the name because uh, when I said you know food on the stove, I'm just, just curious, how, how did that name come about? Oh man, so look, I look forward to always sharing that, man. Um, Food on the stove is actually a double entendre. 
it's the number one way that structure fires start due to food being left on the stove unattended. Wow. Okay. So when I became a firefighter nine years ago and I saw, I heard that phrase on the back of the fire truck, I used to say, you know what, I'm going to take that phrase that I keep hearing that we would go run box alarms expecting that it would be a fire. And then you'll hear the officer or somebody over the radio say, oh, it's just food on the stove. So I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to take that phrase that I hear every day and tell firefighters to pay more attention to the food that's on our stove that I believe that is ultimately killing us and affecting our health. So that's where the name food on the stove derives from. Ooh, that's powerful. Wow. Yeah, is. That that's is. powerful, bro. And is. it's definitely um, a vision from God, man, to be yeah, yeah. able to... Uh, to take something like that and hear something totally different than all of your peers and everybody else is saying, yes, sir. And, not, and for God to put a purpose behind it, mm-hmm. um, far be it from me to not, not pay attention and, and take heed to the call. My man, I love it. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's God actually, be the glory. Yeah, man. That, God be the glory. That, that is so funny because uh, I remember when I first came on the department um, a little, little earlier in the, uh, uh, 90s than you but uh, we used to run that food on the stove and and it was a common call that we would run and a lot of times uh, we would think like you said we were going to something more a uh, bigger because of the amount of smoke that would be there but it's always interesting how behind the smoke is the real story indeed indeed so, so you have a real story here with food on the stove and how you're uh, using it. So, uh, you 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 talked about the organization and and so what prompted you to start? Uh, you gave the name, but what prompted you to start the organization itself? Indeed, indeed. Uh, first, let me tell y'all that when Joe Morgan asked y'all to do something, ask somebody to do something, especially in the fire service, is going to get done, right? Um, he's one of those people in the fire service held at a high regard. I mean, I'm sure you all know his story. So uh, yeah. when Joe asked me to come on to the show, uh, I just asked him what day, what day you need me there? Because um, I hold that man in a high regard, not just from a firefighter standpoint, but even when I was a member at First Baptist and him just embracing me and encouraging me through my process of being in the fire service. But about food on the stove. So um, what, what food on the stove does, it, uh, we provide tools and resources to help firefighters live a healthier lifestyle through enhanced nutrition and exercise. And the reason that's so important is the leading cause of death amongst line of duty death for firefighters are heart attacks. In 2018, 44% of all firefighters who died in the line of duty died from a heart attack. Wow. Studies show that the life expectancy of a firefighter is 10 to 15 years less than every other employee in America. Mm. Not only that, um, we're the only occupation that cooks all three meals at work. So while there's a lot of good meals, they're not necessarily good for you. So, what Food on the Soul seeks to do is help firefighters be more proactive about their health by, number one, um, educating them, and two, simply putting healthier meals on firehouse tables. And the reason I'm so passionate about this project, as you all shared in the bio, is that I'm a second-generation firefighter. My father worked for D.C. Fire and EMS from 1956 to 1989, retired at the rank of W5 chief, but nine years later, Um, Nine years after he retired, he passed away after having multiple heart attacks and cancer. So when I became a firefighter nine years ago and I saw how we were eating in the firehouse, I wanted to do something to change that. So God gave me the vision of food on the stove. As I shared, I would hear those calls all the time um, or hear that over the radio all the time. So we've done some pretty unique things. One, the simple thing is really just being a conduit of God's love for firefighters. Uh, we wanted to push a health message, but number one, we wanted to give. We didn't just want to tell people how to eat healthier. We actually wanted to show them and give them the food. So we never entered a firehouse without um, bringing a meal into the firehouse. And now to date, we have given over 30,000 meals to the fire service just in a five-year wow. span. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, so we've been doing that for the last five years. Um, and and what, what strikes me, um, and I hope I'm not leading too much into the next question or going rambling. Uh, but why I'm so passionate again is that how this affected me uh, when I was young. As I shared, my father was a firefighter. He died nine years after he retired. But what affected us most was as firefighters, um, one of the greatest things about being a firefighter is one, serving your community, but two, the pension that we get. Mm-hmm. Um, even though 75% of the fire service is volunteer, in these bigger cities, fire, firefighters get paid 
pretty handsomely, right? It's a great occupation. Uh, it's no price you can put on risking your life, but nevertheless, we're able to provide for our families. So my mm -hmm. fa father retired with his pension of 80%. Mm -hmm. um, when he passed away, it got cut in half to 40 mm -hmm. to be left for my mom, mm -hmm. right? Um, but my mom is 18 years younger than my dad. Mm -hmm. So for every year younger, it was 1%. Mm. So we went from an 80% lifestyle to a 22% lifestyle. Wow. Got it. Led, led me to make some real bad decisions in my life. Ended up with drug charges, but thanks be to God, he was able to still um, give me the job and allow me to get the job at the fire service that would mm -hmm. eventually lead me into my calling. Mm -hmm. um, but I often say if that my dad would have known how uh, it would have affected his family, he would have invested just as much in his health as he did in his 457 plan or his yep. retirement. Gotcha. Um, because he would have realized to maximize your, your retirement, you have to be alive. Yeah. Um, but we don't have, we didn't have the knowledge that we had today. Mm -hmm. um, and that carry out was always the easy, even though we were fortunate, I grew up uh, more fortunate than a lot of my friends. Uh, carry out was always the most convenient. Gotcha. So yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I often say that food on the stove was started by a 15 year old boy that missed his father. I didn't realize I missed my father till I got to the, to the fire department. I was trying to be a man at 15 years old, got yeah. to the fire service and realized I really needed my father. And that was probably the first time I cried um, about missing my dad. And uh, yeah. that, that that's 15, that when I say it's a 15 year old boy started, that's a response to my father dying when I was 15, but also to not just help firefighters, but to help uh, that 15 or 16 year old son or daughter um, that may be missing their father or potentially could miss their father. So we want to try to eliminate that if we can. Yeah, that's probably yeah, that is keep keeping keeping firemen healthier and uh and living longer. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. No, man, that's I, I see it. I, I see it now. I appreciate you sharing that. No doubt. Yeah, that statistic that you shared, I believe you said 44% of uh line of duty deaths are due to heart attacks. That that kind of blew me away. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you think about it, right? Um oh. firefighters have to control the controllable. Can't control sleep deprivation, hazardous environments, or stress of the job. Um, the, so the best way to combat heart disease or any other ailment is through diet and exercise. So you look at it: sleep deprivation. Firefighters normally work a twenty-four hour shift. Mm -hmm. It's not normal for you to stay up for twenty-four hours, no, especially no. in VC fire and EMS. We're running up to two hundred thousand calls a, a, a year, right? In a mm -hmm. smaller city, so you figure out of thirty-three firehouses and one being a fireboat. Um, and the majority of those calls being in certain areas, you have a lot of firefighters because um, we do firefighter and EMT who aren't sleeping for a 24 hour period. Not only that, um, you, you think about it for firefighters, you've all seen probably videos of people sliding a pole, waking up out of your sleep, uh, sliding a pole, jumping on the piece and going to the, respond to the call. But the reality is it's not normal for that to happen. When you get up in the morning, you probably put your feet on the side of the bed and you think for about five minutes before you get up, brush your teeth and wash your face. Uh, firefighters don't have that luxury. Uh, when the bell hits or they hear those tones go on, they jump right up, they slide the pole, hop on the piece and I responded to the call. There's been times, and I'm sure, I'm sure Joe can attest to this, where I didn't realize how I got my gear on until I saw fire blowing out the window. I just don't remember it because it's almost like um, mm. I just I just did it unbeknownst to me. And I'm realized I look out the window, it's fire blowing out the window. And I was like, I don't even remember getting my gear on. The time of mm. uh, putting my gear on to get into the spot, I just don't remember because I probably was still half sleep, however you want to look at that. Um, but that's just not normal for your, your heart to go from a resting heart rate to 140 beats, 150 beats per minute in less than 30 seconds. You can't even build to that on a treadmill. Wow. Because wow. um, you're not supposed to be scared out of your sleep, right? Um, yeah. And we talk about hazardous environments. You signed up to be a firefighter, so you're going to go into some very dangerous situations. Um, your adrenaline is pumping. And you talk about stress of the job. I've seen some things on the fire service and uh, of course, I can. Uh, I'm sure Joe can follow up this because he's seen a lot more than I have. Um, that there are some things that will stay stick with you for the rest of your life, especially if you don't first give it over to God or at least find somebody to talk to about it. Um, yeah. and, and one of the things I can say about that, when I first had my daughter, um, and I share this with firefighters all the time, is the importance of sharing things because oftentimes as firefighters, we feel like nobody will understand because nobody is doing what we're doing on a daily basis. 
Um, but it was a span of three tours where I went to work with three one-year-old babies died on me. I had just, my daughter had just turned one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that effect, I didn't realize it was affecting me, but it, uh, it made me be a lot of uh, really overprotective because I really believed that the same thing that happened to those three kids that I couldn't say would happen to my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I had really nobody to talk to. I, I, I remember it so clearly on one of the calls that um, we took a, a child to Children's Hospital and we were literally looking at the, at the doctors work the child. And all I can remember is the doctor saying, the lead doctor saying, is there anything else that uh, that we can do? Does anybody else have any ideas? And nobody said anything. And he said, the time now is 11-16. Everybody took their hands off and walked out the door. And I just was like, is that it? The lieutenant asked me, are you okay? And I said, yeah, because I thought that's what I was supposed to say. And we was off to the next run mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock at night. And I never really discussed that with anybody. But it wasn't until later that I realized that um, and I still didn't necessarily discuss it with anybody, but I did discuss it with God. And um, I was able to really, he was able, the Holy Spirit was able to show me um, why it's so important to share these things and create a community where you are able to uh, get some of these things off your chest. So, um, mm. yeah, it's a lot that falls on firefighters that, pe- that the general public would know nothing about. Um, yeah, yes. So so we we want to be, be that uh, organization that serve those who serve us every day. Wow. That, that's uh, that's incredibly powerful, John. And I, I thank you for sharing that, because as you were speaking about that, I was just remembering some of the things that are still um, in the recesses of my mind from the job. Right. That I've never really that never really gone away. And uh, that creates a, a level of stress. And we know that stress mm-hmm. creates so much uh, oh. disease and, on, and angst in your body. That you can't even recognize it when it's happening until it's until a lot of times it's too late. So being in front of it, like what you're doing now, you're giving the education, you're giving the knowledge, you're you're expressing to uh, firefighters how they should be able to uh, talk about these things and then take care of their bodies in the process will eliminate a lot of that. Because when you even mentioned um, the the rush of the 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 excitement that you get or the, the rush of the body when you get that call. And i used to talk about it quite often about how I would be in a dead sleep and the bell would ring and my heart was pounding out of my chest. Indeed. And I mean, you, because you don't know exactly what you're going to, you just know that you're, a, you're, you're awakened by these bells and right. you have a job to do. And so you jump out the bed you put on your gear, you slide the pole, you're on the piece and you're off to do your job at two, three o'clock in the morning. That is stress on your body. And if you're mm-hmm. not, if you don't have the proper nutrition, if you don't have the proper exercise routine, if you don't, if you're not getting rest off the job, you know, a lot of guys leave the job and they go to other jobs yeah. or the younger cats who go and party, you right. know, all of these things that are putting additional stress. So this is so powerful. And I'm so thankful that God is using you in this way, man. This is, I'm excited. I'm so excited. And that's over the course of, and when we think about it, that's over the course of 25, 30 years because people are trying to maximize their retirement. Right. So when you think about uh, doing that same thing over and over every three days, every four days, um, waking up out of your sleep, because even the, the thing about the fire service, you're never getting a good sleep, whether you're yeah. running the calls or not, because I, I worked in a double house, which means there was an engine and a truck there. Right. So mm-hmm. even if I was on a truck and the run was for the engine, it wasn't necessarily for me. I still have to wake up to look to make sure that run wasn't for me. So mm-hmm. my sleep is broken at that point. And it may take me an hour to get back to sleep. And by the time I get back to sleep, I'm running the next call. Right. And, and that's just not when you talk about taking care of your body, um, it, the, the fire service isn't designed for people to live long. That's just the reality of it. Wow. nobody should should have that much stress on your body. But we have a job to do. Right. Wow. So so let me because I'm, I'm you know, you and Joe obviously are are, are firefighters and uh, and I'm not going to speak for boom, but I know for, for myself because this is all new information to me. But si- since with your your organization doing what you do. And, I, and I'm assuming you do it throughout the D.C. area. I know you're trying to grow your operation, but it, it just seems to me, just again, talking from a layman's uh, point of view, 
it seems like what you just said, the physical and the mental health and in organizations like yours, it feels like organizations, fire departments should be making this a priority. And my question to you is, do you find that when you go to these different departments, is it a priority or are they sort of like, well, we don't really have anything like that or haven't really thought about it. It just feels like it should be a priority, but I don't know. Is it? So, so let me, let me, uh, I want to, I want to share this and this is no knock on any fire chief or, okay. or, or, or anything, right? They, they are, they are fire chiefs, right? Their job is to protect and serve the public. They're not nutritionists. They're not doctors. So that, that may not be their main priority. Got it. Uh, so I, I always say the bureaucracy of government isn't conducive to helping people's immediate need. That's whether it's firefighters, homeless, because there's too much red tape that you have to go through to mm. make something happen, right? Um, it's just too many layers and too many people in the way, right? So oftentimes what you find is uh, fire chiefs or fire departments checking the box so that they won't be liable when something somebody happens. So they have to buy the best gear. They may... Um, add a program or something to make sure that people are discussing heart health in the fire service, cancer in the fire service, these different things. Mm -hmm. But to me on the outside looking in um, or, or in the, on the inside looking at it, it's a checkbox, right? Because it's really not about um, helping. It's just to make sure that you're not liable, right? Wow. And I hope no fire chief takes that the wrong way or any fire department takes that the wrong way because I believe the culture is not built from the top down. It's built from the ground up. Right. Sure. Because as the fire chief, you may be gone in four to eight years, but those people will still be there. Does that program go with you? So we have to cr create a, a foundation uh, culture that uh, is is rooted in health and wellness of the fire service. So that's why mm -hmm. while we may ask the fire chief, will they give us access to their members? Um, we're going to the members first and hopefully the members will grab hold of what we're doing. And the fire chief will say, you know what? You've got my members to move and we're going to support you. And that's what we've been finding um, is that uh, we created some very unique ways to to reach firefighters. I think one is by first giving, because I believe that when people know that you actually care about them, they're more inclined to listen to what you have to say. Far mm -hmm. too many times people come in with a health message and say, do this and do that. Um, but it's not our job to fix people. That's God's job. We're trying to love them into making the change. Right. And uh, we do that by first uh, giving them a meal. So uh, some of the things that we do for every $10 we raise, it goes to the protein produce and packaging of the meal. We created a, a program similar to Blue Apron or HelloFresh, if you've ever heard of that. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a meal delivery yep. service that packages boxes up. Sure. Into, um, they package, package food into boxes and deliver to homes, but they forgot one house and that's the firehouse. <laughs> and that's where we come into play. So the community has been uh, extremely generous to us. Um, it was really built on the backs of firefighters. Uh, I don't know if I shared this in the beginning, is that the way I, I started food on the stove is kind of interesting. Uh, God gave me this vision and I said, you know what? I asked my wife, who has been my biggest supporter. Um, she said, I, I told her, I said, God has given me a vision to help firefighters. And she was like, well, what you gonna do? I said, well, I'm gonna feed them. So I went to the farmer's market. I asked her, could I take my overtime money? and go feed firefighters. So I went to the farmer's market. I bought six grass-fed steaks, six stalks of broccolini and sweet potatoes, delivered mm -hmm. it to the firehouse. And um, they were like, well, why are you feeding us? And I was like, I want y'all to eat healthier. But also I had planned for a chef to come, a nutritionist to come, and a videographer to come to document the day. And all of them canceled on me at the last minute. And at that moment, I realized I could have quit on the vision that God had given me. Um, but mm -hmm. I said, I'm gonna try it again next month. So I tried it again next month. And um, it was a big hit. The the members really appreciated it, it, appreciated it. And um, they wanted to donate, but we wasn't set up for donations at the time. And they said, man, well, we like what you're doing, man. We're going to donate something. So I said, look, if you're going to donate some money, uh, you choose the next firehouse. It just can't be on your shift or in your battalion. So what that led was the firehouses to serve their brothers and sisters way across the river that they normally don't ever work with. So mm -hmm. we would go and we would prepare that meal for them and we would say, this came from engine 11, truck six. And then it was just a cycle of giving throughout the fire service. But when the pandemic hit, we were unable to continue to bring chefs into the firehouse. And what ended up happening was that it was uh, real tough for firefighters to get food during the time because you think about it, they, for some reason, you couldn't find any protein or, or, or toilet paper in the grocery store. 
And then when you could find it, they put limitations on the amount you could buy because people were hoarding food. So you think about it, a firehouse of 13 or 15, how do you feed a firehouse of 13 people with two packs of chicken? Because they will only allow you to buy two packs of chicken. And uh, what we did was we decided that we were going to feed firefighters every day for a year and a half by partnering with 28 different restaurants. At that moment, um, it didn't matter about the health message. It mattered about meeting the needs of those people who were working on the front line at the time. And uh, that's what we did. We fed them every day for a year and a half. Wow. And uh, they were they were extremely grateful. And one of the things people don't realize is there's a misconception that firefighters' meals are funded by the government. Nothing is further than from the truth. We pay for our own meals. We chip in together. We buy our own meals. Mm. And oftentimes what you find is that to make it affordable, we buy, uh, we chip in $10 or $15 a day. At my firehouse, it was $10 a day. So we had 13 people. That's $130 to feed three meals a day amongst 13 people. My wife and I can sit down at a restaurant and spend $130. So you can imagine what we were buying. Yeah. you know, pork most of the time, sure. because that's sure. the cheap thing. Sometimes chicken, steak, and, you know, we spend a little extra money, find something on sale, but pork is always the cheapest thing. Uh, so we want to try to, as food on stove continues to grow, we want to help supplement the cost of meals in the firehouse. I don't believe firefighters should pay for food. They're the boots on the ground here. God forbid another 9-11 happens. Who's the first to respond there? It won't be the military, and that's no shot at the military, but the first people that you will see on that scene are firefighters. And if they were to right. be deployed, they would be getting their food paid for, right? Great point. And Great so point. If the if the government is not going to do it, God's going to use food on the stove to do it. Love it. Wow. And the, the the passion Man. and the energy that you bring to this platform, bro, is just uh, beyond what we could say. Uh, I'll put it that way. So God be the uh, My thing is, you got to get this. You got to get this out. You got to make this a national thing, bro. We are. We will be praying that the Lord opens doors, that He expands your territory, Amen. so that Please. He would be glorified and 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 lives will be changed, lives will be saved, because you you got a story to tell, bro. I appreciate Absolutely. that, man. Absolutely. And look from the from the time of planting the seed of buying those six grass fed steaks and the sweet potatoes and all that, my prayer was that God would make this uh, sustainable. Cause I knew it wasn't sustainable to keep taking money out of my own household to do that. And since I prayed that prayer, we haven't taken a dollar out of our own pocket to fund food on the soul besides what we give. We've mm. been sponsored by Giant, United Healthcare, Verizon, and now Amazon Web Services for the development of our app. We developed the app that allows firehouses to order our mailboxes and we deliver it directly to the firehouse um, mm. to help supplement that cost. And that's where it comes in for every $10 we raise it goes to the protein producing packaging of the meal. But the important thing is, while I say all those big names, oh, also Host Hotels um, has been one of our big sponsors. But while I say all those big names and I'm grateful for their support, um, I'm even more grateful for the community really stepping up because um, it was really built on the backs of firefighters and the community. Um, those companies were able to give. But think about the men and women who give $100 a month to food on the stove, $20 a month. That's no... That's not with light feet, especially during a pandemic. They're worrying about putting their f- food on their own tables. So I'm super grateful for those people who have walked alongside me to help see this mission through because I haven't built this by myself. Um, there's been a lot of generosity uh, that has gone on, gone with this with this program. One of the scriptures that stick out in my mind when I first started this was um, God. I was reading 2 Corinthians 9-11. And uh, the scripture says you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And I have read that scripture multiple times. Right. And most times in my youth, when I first came to Christ, I would have looked at the fact that it was like a rain of word. It jumped off the page. I would have thought that rich was the was the significance in that, that I was going to be rich. But it said for you to be generous on every occasion. And so I woke up and I used to tell my wife, I said, man, God is calling us to be generous, not later once we get rich, but now. So be, we're going to be generous. Right. And uh, she she read the scripture. She was like, you realize that says nine one one. And that just gave a, 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 yeah. a, a, a glimpse into God's personality to say that, you know, I'm going to tell you something, but I'm also going to confirm it with exactly what you And bro. I held on to that word. I've been holding on to that word. Um, and that just doesn't mean rich in money. I've been rich in resources, rich in patience, 
rich in generosity, kindness, all these things, all these fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, and everything. So um, I'm grateful for what God is doing. And I see, I see the vision clearly. So you all are confirming what God has already told me in my heart by even inviting me on this. I've been invited on multiple platforms and things of that nature. And this is what encourages me and gives me the hope to keep going. Because while I don't make, I may not see the money or don't know where the next check is coming from, God continues to encourage me by people seeing the vision with me and saying, you know what, we're going to walk alongside, whether it's $10 or $10,000, we're going to keep it pushing. Great. Woo, man, that's good. I know. Wow. We're coming, we're coming up on a break, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm anxious to hear more on the other side, man. That, that is good. Good information, Jonathan. Appreciate you. So with that, let's take a break and uh, see what happens on the other side, gentlemen. Hi, this is Allison G. Daniels, three-time best-selling author who has written over 31 books. I am a book writing coach and publisher. I am excited today to offer you my 30-day write to finish book writing program. Whether you are preparing to write a book, are in mid process, or have completed your first draft of a full length book, this workshop is for you. What you would get, you will learn how to draft your outline, brainstorm and organize your ideas, identify your target audience, develop your content, avoid common writing mistakes, and time management. To get started, visit my website at www.agdpublishing.com. Take advantage of this opportunity before the class is full. This is Allison G. Daniels, and I look forward to working with you. Hey, what's up, fellas? If you're looking for healthy, thought-provoking conversations on a variety of topics dealing with life issues, be a transparent, open dialogue for men who need a dose of honest, engaging, and heartfelt discussions. Tune in to Inside the Armor, airing Mondays at 8 a.m., hosted by Joe, Russ, and yours truly, Boom. We would love to have you vibe with us as we talk about our trials and our triumphs our messes, and our successes. Join us for Inside the Armor, Mondays at 8 a.m. Iron Sharpening Iron, one podcast at a time. All right, we're back. We're vibing with our brother, uh, Jonathan Tate, and he has been just blowing us away. Ooh, and we, there, right? we, appreciate, we appreciate the God in him that's allowing him to do what he does. And he's got the support of his precious wife, pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. So, so, Jonathan, what's your next move? Oh man, uh, well, I'm going how the spirit goes. We're gonna continue. We're gonna continue to give. But one of my big visions that um, I haven't shared uh, right now, we're focused on our app, the app development, um, in which we had the first recipe we had was Peruvian chicken roasted sweet potatoes and coleslaw. It was a 640 calorie meal that we portioned out, delivered to every firehouse in DC, um, and it was a big hit. All the members loved it. Um, they really enjoyed that meal. And so what ended up happening was we had to figure out during the pandemic of how can we continue to grow this thing. And the best way to scale it was that we developed the app that allows five departments across the country to upload their staff and then to the app. Um, We continue to raise funds and we continue to be able to give to the fire department. Um, So now we have the app 
which will be beta testing in Alexandria Fire Department. There's nine firehouses out there. We bought our first delivery vehicle, outfitted it with a, with shelves and a um, cold tainer, which is a mobile refrigerator um, where we keep all our fresh meats and things of that nature in it. And we developed this program called Farm to Firehouse. So we have three recipes now. We have that Peruvian chicken recipe. We have mm -hmm. a grilled flank steak recipe. And we also have a honey glazed salmon recipe. Um, and any of these firehouses can go onto this app during the testing phase. They mm -hmm. order between Sunday and Tuesday. Um, we pack, we receive the order, we package it all up and we deliver it to their firehouse Friday morning by shift change. And that allows us to help supplement the cost of meals in the firehouse and um, put healthier meals on firehouse tables. Now, we you often hear the excuse that healthier meals um, or eating healthier cause more, which is true, right? Mm -hmm. But my response is always that either you're going to pay for the food or you're going to pay for the medication, but Come you on, don't hate life. Not, not <laughs> yes, pay hey, now, pay later. And, and let, let me uh, let me shout out my brother uh, for saying that because he's the one who taught me that. And I, I share with you all offline that this is really uh, a vision that God placed in him first. He was always a little overweight um, as a child, but God has re had really um, moved him to take his health seriously. And me following behind my brother, I see what God was able to do and transform his life. He lost over 200 pounds at one point. Oh, man. Um, and I'll let him share his own testimony. But that really inspired me to live a, a healthier lifestyle. And God used him to, to uh, put something in me to, to share with my brothers and sisters in the fire service. Um, but to get back to that, we are, we are putting healthy and hopefully we can supplement the cost of those meals in the firehouse now that excuse is kind of eliminated because you're not paying for dinner anymore. You can allocate what you normally would spend on dinner to a healthier breakfast or lunch, right? And our hope is that we can end up providing you all the meals. And the way we plan on doing that, it's a very unique idea. And I believe God had gave me a vision uh, of the firehouse that my father used to be in. It's the old truck six. Um, it, was on, it sits at 1338 Park Road. We were assigned to the same company. Um, but at that time, when he worked there, it was at 1338 Park Road and moved around the corner to 3420 14th Street. Um, but that firehouse is vacant. And for the last about four years, um, I've been asking the fire department, uh, because it's unused, to, to allow me to either buy it or lease it. And what I want to do is turn that firehouse into a community market or any firehouse into a community market. Every dollar that the community spends in that market will fund our farm the firehouse program. So what you will have is the community coming in to buy their chicken, their meats, their steaks, their fresh produce, their light fair food, and the proceeds that we receive by the community supporting that community market, I like to call it a food resource center, will allow us to take those proceeds and that revenue and feed firehouses healthier meals. And also we'll be able to source the meals because we're buying it, the, the produce and the meats. And from a wholesale price standpoint and give it back to firefighters. So that's one of the ways we see ourselves being sustainable by okay. having these community markets all across the country and revitalizing um, firehouses that aren't being utilized and turning them into these community markets across the country. And I would love to, for firehouses to be able to say, look, we have a $2,500 stipend or a $5,000 stipend a month to come mm -hmm. spend in our own market. It's almost like a commissary for firefighters, but they're actually eating free. Like Man, it, that, wow. That, that That's is great awesome. vision. Yeah. That, that, that is a vision that will come to fruition. I'm telling yes, you sir. that right now, brother. Um, there, there's no way that that you can't you can glorify God in the way that you're doing and him not provide. That's what God does. He, uh, he, he looks, he wants us to uh, uh, give him the glory and you're doing that in a mm -hmm. big way. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it will not come back to him void. And I guarantee that he's going to open those doors without a doubt. So we, 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 we're, we're claiming it. We're, we're celebrating it already before it even happens. Yes, Amen. sir. I, I truly, I truly believe that um, two months ago uh, I left the fire department to pursue this full time. For the last year, God had been telling me um, to leave. And it didn't make sense because, you know, this is how I provide for my family. Uh, I, nobody leaves a pension behind or leaves a, um, a, a great pay behind or the schedule that we have, which is one day on 24 hour shift and then 72 day, 
hours off. Um, and most people will say, man, you could do both, but it got, became increasingly difficult to try to juggle both. Some of the things that I needed to do for food on the stove yeah. um, were, were difficult trying to work a job. And I've realized that in both professions, whether it's being a founder of a nonprofit or a firefighter, you can't have one foot in and one foot out. Either you're going to be all in or you're not going to be all in. So mm-hmm. I decided two months ago after, you know, talking to my wife about it, that I was going to uh, leave the fire department. And um, I took a leave of absence. I asked the chief, could I take a leave of absence? My first thought was to resign. Uh, but the chief granted me a leave of absence, graciously, graciously granted me a leave of absence, which I sure. appreciate. Um, but I know what God said. God told me to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to find ways to stay for the last year because um, <laughs> it, it, it's a scary situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Come on, man. No income. You know Been what I mean? There. Been there, you know? brother. Yes, sir. But what I realized, too, is, you know, when I read the scriptures and I have my devotion time with God, um, I, I, what makes me any different than anybody else he called that he told to leave somewhere or leave their comfort space um, yeah, to really yeah, trust yeah. him. And yeah. um, uh, I realized in this process that this isn't so much about uh, just firefighters eating healthier. This is really about showing God showing who he is mm-hmm. and how he provides and how, sure. um, yes, how he has me. So. Um, this is more than just about developing a, a nonprofit or idea. This is about developing Jonathan, the person. Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what God wants from me is to know him. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I oftentimes, I, I didn't know, I, I was dependent on a paycheck. So I know the fire department going to pay me. Um, now I'm led to believe that God is going to continue to provide for the vision that he's given me. So yes, um, I'm believing will. that. The same way I prayed the prayer that God would, um, help this be sustainable. Um, now my prayer is God, uh, make my household sustainable. And he has, and he, and he has, um, yeah. so I'm, I'm still, I'm trusting him. I believe in Awesome. Amen. Amen. Yeah, man. Wow. So, so John, I, I know, um, you and I had talked offline, um, before when we were talking about coming on and you had told me about a, um, a study that was being done and it was in the process. So give us a little uh, background on that, the study that was done and what were some of the outcomes from that? Cool, man. Look, man, I'm glad you said that because I, I so much happens with food on stove. I forget what we do sometimes, right? And um, <laughs> I'm just kind of, I'm going That's through emotions. Had, had you not yeah, said yeah. that, I wouldn't even have mentioned the study because <laughs> I'm having a hard time just remembering what I got to do tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and, I get it, man. And, and I'm doing better about my scheduling and putting stuff down and things like that, because now we're working with other fire departments and things of that nature. But with the study, I was really excited. And I, when I shared that with you, I don't even know if we had completed it yet. But now, you know, the study is finished. And what we did, what we did was we took six firefighters, six, six DC firefighters, and we gave the name of the study was led by the name of the study was more food, less medicine led by Dr. Michelle Johnson. Um, It was a food on the stove study. And what we did is we took six DC firefighters and we gave them three meals a day for 30 days um, to see how food would affect their bodies over the course of 30 days. Um, So the foundation of it was that we would get them to focus on portion control. um, And we also would get them to focus on increasing their leafy green intake via salads, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so we kept the diet pretty much the same. We didn't ask them to remove much from their diet. So we gave them all the food. They didn't have a ton of meat for breakfast. They ate a salad every day for lunch and we continually increased their leafy green intake. And they had salmon, chicken, steak, everything they normally would eat. Um, and what we found is that everybody's uh, blood pressure dropped. Mm. Uh, everybody's A1C level dropped. But the most impressive thing was everybody lost anywhere from three to 20 pounds. 20 pounds being the heaviest participant, three pounds being the lightest participant. Mm -hmm. Um, But the most impressive thing was the lipid panel, uh, cholesterol, uh, which, you know, adds to heart disease. Um, And in medication, they look for a 30% decrease. Once you, doctors look for it, when they give you medication, they look for a 30% decrease. Um, Just by giving them food, we we had a 23% decrease just over the course of 30 days. So it truly shows that food can be medicine. Right. We asked them to eliminate the sodas, not necessarily eliminate them, but at least scale them back, scale back some of the coffee just for 30 days. So you can see the results. And mm-hmm. like I said, everybody lost weight. A1C levels dropped. And but most importantly, the lipid panel was significant. I believe that 
Um, if we tailored the meal specifically to that member, we would have got more than what medicine normally gives, which is 30%. But everybody had the same meals across the board. And the reason that we're doing this program is that we hope we, we are submitting a report to NIH. And our hope is that um, we will be grant funded that whenever a firefighter is placed off of duty due to health concerns, they can voluntarily enter our program and we will give them three meals a day for 30 days to get them back to work faster and also save the fire department some money for having a backfill their position um, of putting an overtime body there, but also just helping that member on get on to a healthier lifestyle. Hopefully they will see the results they will feel better and say, you know what, this is something that I can do and make it sustainable for them moving forward. Man, wow. Amen, amen. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that follows something that I always say, uh, a quote that I heard from Jim Rohn. And he, he says that you can, you can count the seeds in an apple, yeah. but you can't count the apples in a seed. Yeah. So the seeds that you're planting right now just focusing on the firefighters is going to change generations because once they start to live a healthier lifestyle, that's going to uh, spill over into their families and yes, so on. And you just, and, and we can't even see how far this is going to reach at this point. So I'm glad that we're in this right now. <laughs> I'm glad we're having this conversation. So yeah. when it does blow up, we can say, Man, I remember when Jonathan was on our podcast. Right, we had that cat, right? We had that cat. Hopefully the podcast will be going. We'll be back on there talking again. So <laughs> about that, I was uh, I was thinking along the same lines of, of Joe. You know, you always hear uh, generational wealth, right? What my brother's mm -hmm. doing, he's depositing into generational health. Yes, hey, that goes hey. that goes beyond the wealth. Uh, component because if you're not healthy enough, you won't be around to enjoy the wealth. Enjoy the wealth. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Amen, big that. brother. Amen. Amen. Yeah. No. That's so before we before we get deeper into another thing, Jonathan, we got to ask you if somebody wants to be a blessing to food Please. on the stove. Yes. If somebody wants to contribute, donate, what have you? How can they get in touch with you, and how can they be a blessing? So uh, you can hit uh, foodonthestove.org. That's F-O-O-D-O-N-T-H-E-S-T-O-V-E.org. Um, there's a donation link on our website. Uh, we're on Instagram at foodonthestovedc. We're on Twitter at foodonthestove underscore. Um, we're on Facebook, foodonthestove. Or you could just look me up, Jonathan Tate. Um, I'm the same person uh, offline and online. Uh, so you probably just going to see pictures of me and my family, me talking about my kids and joning on them and having a good time. Um, so, yeah, if you want to uh, email me or send it to me directly, hit me up on Facebook. Um, I'm an open book. So, uh, yeah, foodonthestove.org is the way that you can be a blessing and donate and uh, be and know that the money that you give, there are no salaries taken from food on the stove right now. Uh, eventually, I'm going to have to make a salary for myself because I had to provide for my family, but currently there are no salaries taken. So know that what you give to food on the stove actually touches firehouse tables. I, I think that's important for any donor that gives the food on the stove that uh, it just doesn't go to admin calls. Your money is feeding firefighters and putting healthier meals on firehouse tables. And that's important for me to say because we pride ourselves on giving. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Amen. And, is, and, and for any any departments that would like to become part of the program? Is that the same place that they will reach out to you? Yeah, reach, reach us on our website. Um, you, there's a link, you can click it. I'll receive it um, and then we'll reach back out to you. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to working with multiple departments. And back to the giving thing, man, I, I, I would like to not necessarily close with this, but I definitely think it's important to highlight is the reason that we go into giving is because that's what we see Jesus do in the scriptures. Before um, he shares the gospel or talk, talks about the kingdom, he meets people's immediate need, right? And mm -hmm. yes, sir. Uh, whether, it's, whether it's healing somebody, and that's what we see. Uh, a, a big part of Jesus' ministry was healing, and I think that's what we're doing with food on the stove. But before I come in and just tell you a health and wellness message, I want to meet your immediate need, and everybody needs to eat. Um, so that's important for us because that's the model that Jesus set for us. 
Man. Woo. Hey, hey, Joe, I don't know about you, Boone. I, I feel like I feel like passing a hat, like he just gave me, right? You know, you know, they say, okay, you know, at the end of service, they go, okay, we got we gotta bless this brother, right? Yeah. So I'm just I'm just letting you know, John. I'm, I'm passing a hat to Joe and the Boone. And I, I, I will tell you right now for a fact that we as a group um appreciate your your energy but we as a group are definitely uh planting to see financial seed into your uh yes sir yes sir amen yes sir yes sir great stuff wow so so i i guess right now there's not much more to be said after that last point uh jonathan we just want to thank you so much for joining us this morning and imparting your uh, knowledge your expertise and your your vision uh we uh definitely pray that god will continue to expand your territory uh we know that this is a need and and i wanted to um, say that when you mentioned your father retiring and then nine years later passing away and then you mentioned that food on the stove is in his ninth year. Mm. There's a connection there, man, right. uh, that only God can see. And he knows exactly what he's going to do with that. But there's not by, there's not by chance, it's by God's, um, God's vision for where he's going to take you. Amen. And I was reminded about my father retiring, even though he wasn't a firefighter, but he retired from the post office. And I think it was about five years later that he died from colon cancer. Wow. And so uh, that has definitely had an impact on how uh, I am supposed to eat and take care of my body. And I've done better, but I'm I mean, I have to do even better. And you have definitely uh, given a spark there. So I appreciate it. Moderation. It's just whatever we do, let's make sure it's sustainable. Fad yeah. diets and stuff in 30 days later. But if we could just make small changes, they equal to giant results. So, um yeah. Love yeah, I, I don't think we ought to be legalistic about it. We just got to pay more attention to it. <laughs> got it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, All right, Boone, you want to take us on out, brother? Yeah, take us on out, big brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, uh, I guess I'm in awe, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. So if you want to get in touch with Inside the Armor, if you want to hit us up with feedback, we've already let you know how to get in touch with uh, Jonathan. You can hit us up at info.insidethearmor at gmail.com. And with that, we're going to say peace. Thank you, Jonathan, for dropping knowledge on us, for being a blessing to us. Thank you. And for we know you. that, as has been said earlier, God is going to blow your mind. You ain't Amen. seen nothing yet, bro. Amen. 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 Peace. Peace.